Hi, this is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. Uh, this, this session is called A Court of Three Strands, and we're calling it that from Ecclesiastes 4 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep, be warm alone? Though one may overpower, be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know, God created marriage in the Garden of Eden, Karen. And it wasn't Adam and Eve, it was Adam and Eve and God. And God, God was the cord of three strands. And what I want you to hear from all of, the, all of the couples here is just simply about your faith in Christ. And I just wanna say thank you. Thank you for being great role models. Thank you for standing up when it's really difficult, telling your story when it's, when it's easier not to tell your story and all of that. But um, uh, Sean and Catherine over here, now, the, the first question, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a dud with them is how did you meet? You know, so, it, you know. so y'all were on The Bachelor, you were on The Bachelor. We, we met the old fashioned way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, I was The Bachelor and I had 20, 26 women um, all vying for me, I guess. And That's she, not right. That's just she, not it's right. not right. It didn't feel right either. <laughs> and, um, you know, long story short, I went into that crazy world not expecting anything. Um, I kind of figured, you know, God has opened this door. I'm going to walk through it, but I don't see myself ever meeting my wife on TV. I mean, the thought of it just sounded ridiculous. And I know that may sound hypocritical because I was the bachelor and that's the whole purpose of the show, but I didn't think it could happen. And lo and behold, a couple months into it, I realized I want to spend the rest of my life with, with this woman right here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Tim and Sharice, uh, Tim, Tim, let me say, uh, Heisman Trophy winner in 1987. He, Tim has been inducted in the NFL Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. 17 years with the Oakland Raiders. That's wrong. You should have been a cowboy. <laughs> I tried. I tried. Should have been a cowboy. Michael Irvin wouldn't let me come play with him. So. But, okay, so how did you guys meet? Uh, my, one of my good friends, Chester McLaughlin, God rest his soul, he passed away 42 years old a couple years ago. But he, uh, he had told me about this young lady who lived in this building, who was a great cook, who was beautiful. And I thought, you know, my boy was, you know, set me up with one of his ex-girls or something. I was like, Chet, please, man, don't do your boy like that. And he kept telling me, Tim, no, this is a girl for you, I'm telling you. And it took about a year and a half. He, at his wedding, he had us sitting together. And that's where I met her. I met her at the wedding. Okay, I wanna, we want to hear your side. <laughs> okay, let's start over. So at the wedding, I'm standing there with some girlfriends, and he's standing behind me in the line. And I think he went over to Chester immediately and asked, who is that young lady? And Chester said to him, this is the young lady I've been trying to get you to in introduce you to. <laughs> so that's the real story. That guy's <laughs> yeah, There you go. Stephen Curse and Mary Beth. Okay, how y'all met, how you fell in love, when you decided to get married, all that. Okay, we met and married in 13 months. Um, I was a freshman at Anderson University. I was 18 years old when I met him, 19 when we got married. I went to, I was a freshman, so um, 
you know, how freshmen go early at like, I don't know, they all have different names, like preview week or whatever. My roommate and I were in the back row of this concert and I kept thinking, this is an odd looking little man. He had a green guitar. <laughs> and, oh gosh. And um, uh, unbeknownst to me, I really wasn't paying much attention. Sorry. Um, and I didn't hear that his name was Steve Chapman, which is um, what he went by in school. And he goes by Stephen Curtis Chapman because that's a whole other story because there's another Steve Chapman that does music. But side note, um, I didn't realize that was who that was, which means when I went to my mailbox and started seeing mail from Steve Chapman, I didn't make the connection that that was the guy that I saw performing on stage. Um, and you at the same time saw mail to me and you actually told me that you thought, wouldn't this be interesting if I met this Mary Beth Chapman person and we actually like liked each other and got married? And that's exactly what happened. And Stephen Curtis and Mary Beth, you guys have been very open about the tragedy that happened with your daughter. And um, the um, talk about what you guys have been through and how only, only with God's help. I mean, would you guys be sitting here happy and in love and, and with a beautiful family? Yeah, um, in 2008, probably most of the people in this room know that we lost our youngest daughter, um, Maria, um, as a result of a car accident in our driveway. Um, if God were not in the center of our relationship, it is a 100% truth that we would not have survived. Um, many people in this room prayed for us and prayed for our son and our family. And um, we are a 100% living result of prayers of people who interceded on our behalf. So thank you, first and foremost. And, and this man right here is a 100% safe place for me and not even um, not even just in the death of Maria but in our early years of marriage um, he ran and is running hard after God which is why I ran hard after him <laughs> um, because I saw that in his life I saw it early on when we first met and how um, honorable he wanted to be toward me in our relationship and I've watched him in raising our um, five living children. And he, Stephen, really gave our whole family the permission to ask hard questions and to, and to be angry and to wrestle it out. And we landed. It was a face plant, but we landed, and it was solid ground at the end of it. And little by little, God has begun to redeem. Thank you, sweetheart. Um, I love you. I'm proud of I'm one of the most courageous, the most courageous woman on the planet, as far as I'm concerned, sitting beside me. And um, through the darkest of tragedies and, and all of that, just knowing that when nothing else, uh, when we had no clue about anything else, sometimes no clue how to even begin to love and understand each other or any of that, to have the anchor, to have... Uh, that place to run and say, God, we're, we're trusting you. We're trusting that your word is true. We're anchoring our hearts to that right now uh, in this moment. Um, and all of us are saying he has been faithful through all of it. 
Well, you guys have touched many millions of lives. And, you know, you had a lot of people praying for you because you had, you had sown a lot of seed before that ever happened. And we're, we're proud of you for all that you've been through and how you went through it. And you will see your daughter again. You know, that'll be a wonderful day when we all get back together. And yeah. Thank y'all for sharing that. Sean and Catherine, I want to talk to your generation because I know that there are, are some watching right now. What would you say to your generation related to marriage? Well, so specifically, the thing that we took the most heat over and what you're referring to is our decision to wait until our marriage night to have sex. And the tabloids got a hold of this. Um, somewhere along the line, somebody asked me a question, a reporter, and I answered it honestly. He must have asked how our sex life was or something along those lines. And I said, we were waiting until we got married. And from that moment forward, any talk show I went on, every tabloid, that's all they wanted to talk about. Why aren't you guys having sex? And it really bothered me in the beginning. They labeled me the Virgin Bachelor, every tabloid, the Virgin Bachelor. It, it could be respectable news outlets like Good Morning America. All they want to talk about is our sex life or lack thereof. Everybody knows you've got to find sexual compatibility before you get married. You have to test drive the car before you get married. Everybody knows that, right? And so they're looking at me like, like I'm weird. And so that, that really bothered me, you know, because I wanted... I wanted people to know why we were taking that stance, but they didn't care to hear my reasoning. They just wanted to, to put a label on us. But as the months went on, what I think we both realized is that whether or not the tabloids and the entertainment shows and everybody wanted to hear our story, people were still understanding it and people were still getting the message and they were seeing God's truth through us. For all the, the young people out there who are listening, you will not regret that decision. And I'm talking about sex here. You will not regret that decision to wait until marriage. And it's such a special, intimate thing that God has created. And I know you've probably heard this in church a million times, and you may even read it in the Bible, but it's such a special, intimate thing that God made for you and that one person you're gonna go through life with. You're doing yourself a huge disservice if you're having sex with other people. And to be honest, Sean was the one who presented that commitment to me. When we, the day before he proposed, he said, I am not gonna have sex until marriage. And I immediately was like, wait, what? I, I knew you were a Christian, but a lot of people say they're Christian and they don't live it out. Um, so I was like very taken back, but immediately I thought, yes, absolutely, I will, I will do that with you. No questions asked. And we held each other accountable the whole time. We made sure that that commitment that we both made meant something. And I think that a lot of people are surprised to hear us say that about sex, but that was the best decision that I could have ever made is to say, you know what, forget my past, forget what I, I could have done and what path I could have taken. The way that he presented it to me and the way that I had just said absolutely and I stuck to that commitment, I am so glad that I did that, and I'm so glad that he presented it to me because I am, there's no looking back, and I'm so happy, and I hope that everybody really looks at it seriously and, and thinks, I don't wanna move in because that changes so much about a relationship, and I don't wanna have sex. It's, 
it's like the most amazing thing that I, I, I've been blessed with. We're very proud of you guys. You know, I appreciate the fact that, Sean, you as a man made that decision. There's a lot of women that want to be virgins, but the men put pressure on them. And for you to be the role model that you are for men, uh, I mean, that's for, just like she said, he presented it to me. And, what, and she, immediately she's like, well, yeah. Can you imagine that this generation that you're a part of, how it would change if men said, we will remain pure. And what would that do for the women in our society? Now, I wanna, wanna talk to Tim and Sharice. Okay, what's the most important thing that you learned about marriage? Uh, well, marriage is probably the most difficult thing that you ever go through, without a doubt. I mean, it's, um, yeah. you know, this is an ever-changing being. <laughs> as beautiful as she is, it changes on a day-to-day -day basis. So uh, uh, I have to be able to adjust to that. And all the men said, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Yeah. yeah, I don't want Tim to just hang over there by himself. <laughs> right, that, come on, y'all. I married her sister right here. <laughs> I heard some women you know, going, so, hmm. So, you know, I think from that standpoint, you know, you always have to be open. You always have to be ready for something different. And, uh, you know, so I know that she's God centered. So whenever things, if, if, if things start to slide a little bit to, the, to one side or the other, always, hey, you know, this God thing that we talk about, let, let's get back there because there we can always meet head to head and we can always see eye to eye. And I think that's the place I want to be. But, you know, I, I understand that, uh, you know, I played football and I, I've done a lot of things in my life, but this I have to work at very, very hard. Yeah. Uh, there is no autopilot. You know, I wish, it, yeah. you know, sometimes you can go on autopilot, but you, you absolutely cannot do that because I have to find a way every day to make sure that she's happy. Now, I don't, I fail, unfortunately, but it's not because of lack of effort. And uh, so I know that, I know that I have to find a way to please her because if, if mama's happy, everybody's happy. That's right. And uh, that's what I right. look at it and uh, that's how I try and approach I, I, it. And I, I totally agree with that, Tim, and I think every man would. You know, you want them to be less complicated. You, you want them to be, you know. <laughs> so you use that word. I wasn't using that word. <laughs> and I'll pay a high price for that too, Tim. But no, really and truly, it, it is work and it, it is ever-changing. And, and that makes it uh, challenging, but it also makes it what it is. I mean, Absolutely. it's the, the, the enjoyment of it. That goes both ways. Um, but one thing I can say is um, you were very helpful and instrumental um, with me because uh, we do a wives' prayer, a group of my girlfriends, we have a wives' prayer group. And we walked in one day and she's like, ladies, sit down. I have something for you. Jimmy Evans, you guys have got to hear this. And I'm like, uh-oh, what do we do? But it was more or less saying how we're supposed to support our husbands. You really were really teaching on how the wife is supposed to be his biggest cheerleader. And we all sat back, can't say any names because uh, some well-known women. And we sat back and we said, wow. And we all had to think about it. And we said, okay, so we're supposed to support them and all that they're doing really not say too much, but just support them and then let them know, hey, I support you, I love you, and that's our role. Um, not that we can't be heard and you can't give your opinion, but you don't tear your husband down. You don't beat your husband down for making bad decisions. Um, you come together, communication bad is decisions. key. <laughs> bad decisions. Uh, <laughs> 
Communication is key. I would tell anyone, and we're in our 40s, um, but just communication in your marriage has got to be number one. If you don't communicate, there's no way that your marriage is going to survive because you can't be in one corner and, and, and she in another corner and you're working on this and I'm in this area and we're not coming together. It just doesn't work like that. That's not biblical. So, yeah. In marriage, everything we do affects the other person. And so they have a right to speak into it. And so it's, and it's a bit for husbands to include their wives in decision-making is a huge deal. Amen. And, and I kind of learned that the hard way too. What's the most important thing you guys learned about marriage? Well, um, you know, I think along the lines of what you're saying, I mean, really celebrating those differences. I think early on in our marriage, I made great mistakes in um, trying, you know, I had this sort of idea of this is what um, my wife is going to, how she's going to respond to things. And um, quickly we learned, I think, with, you know, counselors and, and, and different ones with God's direction that um, I think it was our pastor at the time, Scotty Smith, that likened us to, because we were fans of Winnie the Pooh, he said, you know, it's sort of like Tigger and Eeyore have gotten married here. And, um, <laughs> It doesn't take long if you're around to, to figure out which one is the fun, fun, fun guy. <laughs> Diving in, saddling up his horse. And, um, and, and not that my wife is in any shape, yes, form, or I fashion like fun. Eeyore. I can be fun. She can be very fun. But, but the wisdom, the, the, you know, the ability to assess situations and, and read those. And to really embrace and recognize that as a gift. Uh, from God, even the the vast differences, and some that were really hard for us to, you know, to to embrace and celebrate, but it was so important and has continued to be uh, really important for us to celebrate those. Again, all going back to to trusting that God really does know what He's doing when He brings yeah, us together. Because there are lots of times when it's easy to go, okay, God, I'm going to give you this one. You, you, you missed it on just this one, you know, all the other <laughs> ones you got right, but this one, there's no way this could have been your, your design. This is so different. We're so different. And yet to really begin to watch God redeem that and say, no, I actually have a really brilliant plan here going on. If you'll trust me with it and learn through the process. And, um, so it's been an amazing journey. In that well, that, that's, that's what I teach is there are rejected differences tolerated differences and celebrated differences. And the worst marriages are where you reject each other's differences. And then the okay marriage is where you kind of tolerate them. The greatest marriage is where you celebrate those differences. And that's so important because we're different. It's, it's unchangeable. Okay, Mary Beth, what, what's the most important thing you learn about marriage? Um, I think we have a relatively large group of kids, so there's five. And I think we kind of did two sets of three, really, because Will Franklin was nine when we brought Joey into our life through adoption. And I think just always remembering that, that it started with he and I, and that more than likely it's gonna have the emptiness to end with he and I. And, and when it all comes back around, we're gonna be the two looking at each other and I want to be excited about that and, I'm, and look forward to that and not dread that, you not dread the emptiness syndrome. He's genuinely my best, genuinely my best friend and um, it doesn't come easy. It comes at a huge price. We are so different that it, it's not even funny how different we are um, at times. And um, 
and and I think it's just been important again to 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 realize that when it all comes back, it's going to be he and I, and I really am looking forward to that time. I want to look forward to it, spending that time um, in the twilight years. And just being really authentically, and my kids say sometimes I share too much information, um, but just really honest with the kids. We are so honest sometimes it's scary. (laughs) Would you please thank our celebrity couples here? Thank you guys so much. Hey, we're Dave and Ashley Willis with Marriage Today, and we're continuing the conversation on what it means to have God at the center of your marriage. I love that verse of a cord of three strands, that a strong marriage needs a husband and wife and then God right in the center of it. And I was so encouraged by listening to these celebrities. I mean, we have a couple from reality TV, we have a couple from the NFL, and a couple from the music business, three fields where you don't necessarily see a lot of folks living for Christ in every aspect of their life. But man, these three couples are shining the light and giving hope and showing that it can be done. And what a beautiful thing it it is when you're using the spotlight that that God has placed on you to reflect all the glory back to Him and at the same time investing in your marriage. It was just encouraging to see that. Absolutely. You know, one... One point that just really encouraged me the most was when Stephen Curtis and Mary Beth Chapman talked about losing their daughter in a tragic accident and just how that affected their family and how if they had not had God already in the center of their relationship, they couldn't have gotten through that, that God was their strength, He was their comforter right in those moments when they needed it the most. And I think that all of us go into marriage never thinking that these tragedies are gonna happen to us. You know, we go in so happy and excited at what God is gonna do in our lives. And the bottom line is, you know, none of us are immune to tragedy. All of us are gonna have trouble. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've, I have overcome the world. And you know, that that's good news. And so when we have God at the center of our marriage, we can get through anything. We can get through the most tragic of circumstances. It's, it is so true because when everything is going well in your life, you know, when you on your wedding day say for better or for worse, really we're only picturing the for better. Like Ashley said, we're not imagining that that yeah. worst part's ever gonna come. And when things are good, there's a temptation to just push God aside and say, we're doing this on our own. And to not give him the glory and the credit and the praise for the fact that every good thing in your life is from him. And then when hard times come and you realize I can't do this on my own, then there's not a foundation there. And so even when times are good, especially when times are good, continue to praise him, continue to grow in your relationship with him, to build that foundation so that when the storms do come, your marriage is built on the rock. Uh, That's that's the only way that it's gonna survive. Absolutely, so how do we practically do this as a couple? Well, number one, you need to pray together every day. Can be the morning, can be at night, can be both. But pray together every single day. Make that a big part of your marriage. And when you do that, it helps to keep God at the center. And I I just wanna challenge you on this. It's really hard to be mad at someone and to pray for them at the same time. So if you and your spouse are having a little bit of trouble, pray for one another together and you'll be amazed at what God does to your heart. No, it's so true. Prayer is one of the most intimate acts a couple can share. And so pray for your spouse. You might be the only person in their life who who is praying for them on a daily basis. And that's a a sacred responsibility. Pray for them, but also pray together. Uh, And as you just grab hands at the end of the day and you say a prayer thanking God for one another, asking Him to guide your steps, it, it will bring you closer together. Another aspect of how to continue to grow in your faith together is surround yourself with godly friends. Yes. I think that the, the people that you choose is your inner circle of friends, the folks that you're doing life with, your marriage is gonna start looking a lot like their marriage. And if all your friends are folks that have no relationship with God, 
it's, it's gonna pull you farther away. I'm not saying you cut off people in your life completely who don't know God. I think we need to be a light and a witness to them. But as far as your closest friends, man, be in small groups, be in, in yes. relationship with people who share your faith because iron sharpens iron. We need to sharpen each other and we need community. It's so important. Another thing we need to do is read the Word together. You know, there is no greater book on earth than the Bible. And if you're looking for a really good marriage book, the Bible is it. You know, people ask us all the time, like, what's your favorite marriage book? And we're like, the The Bible. Bible. And they stare at us and they're like, really? And we're like, well, everything that the Bible talks about can also be related to marriage. And God himself created marriage. So we need to talk to the source and and read about the source, right? And so, you know, when we read the Bible together, it gives us God's truth and it also draws us closer together. That's right. I, I can't think of a better use of time than putting God's word in your mind and in your heart. The Bible says, your word have I hidden in my heart yep. that I might not sin against you in Psalm 119, 11. And that's just a, that's a great compass that's gonna keep your marriage on the right track. God's word will never lead you in the wrong direction. And as you read it, as you apply it, it'll bring you closer to your creator, closer to Jesus, and also yes. closer to one another. So we hope that these few little practical tips encourage you today. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can continue the conversation with us online or on social media. Check us out at marriagetoday.com and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and we wanna let you know about another marriage podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis called Naked Marriage where they talk about real and raw marriage topics like sex, communication, openness, and more in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. Search for Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis in iTunes and start listening today. 